Welcome to this Purdue Engineering Podcast, featuring research that addresses critical issues related to societal resilience in the face of crisis, and efforts to engineer long-term solutions for a more robust and sustainable future. My name is Nate Mosier, and I am the Indiana Soybean Alliance Professor and Head of Agricultural and Biological Engineering. Agricultural and Biological Engineering, or ABE, has the distinct pleasure of being part of two great colleges here at Purdue University, the College of Agriculture and the College of Engineering. This gives us opportunities for our faculty, students, and staff to work on problems, large and small, that affect the world around us and sustainability for the future. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Mohit Verma, an assistant professor in agricultural and biological engineering, to learn more about his work to develop a rapid diagnostic tool for COVID-19. Welcome, Professor Verma. Let's start off by telling us about yourself and the focus of your research here at Purdue. Thank you for having me. I started at Purdue in January 2018, so I'm coming up on three years. In my lab, we essentially develop tools for probing and manipulating microbial systems. And that includes developing different types of biosensors that can be used out in the field, whether it's for human applications like we'll learn about in COVID-19 or animal health applications, as well as food safety applications. We also look at how we can manipulate different types of microbiomes and develop systems to study them better. So we had this idea going in back in December on how would you develop a platform that could be easily reconfigurable and easily manufactured. When the pandemic did break out early this year, we were ready to go. So we started working with Raytheon in developing a test that could be simple to use and also be widely available. So one thing that's different about our test that we've been developing is we're using saliva as our matrix. And We've made it very simple. It allows people to collect their own sample. So those advantages make our tests stand out. There are certainly many outstanding platforms for doing research and testing out new technologies. While COVID-19 has been occupying our minds and your efforts recently, you have a lot of other exciting research in studying microbiomes and diagnostic tools for other applications. What can you tell us about this work? One of the problems that we're looking at is developing biosensors for animal health. And that started right when I joined Purdue in 2018. I was sitting next to a farmer engineer and he was mentioning that he has a feedlot full of beef cattle who get this disease called bovine respiratory disease. It infects a lot of cattle and nationally it's a billion dollar problem every year. It leads to losses up to a billion dollars, just this one disease. And the issue is that many different bacteria or viruses can cause this respiratory disease. But when the farmers or the clinicians are looking at the animal, they're not sure which pathogen is responsible. So to do the treatment, they're almost using a trial and error approach. They will try one antibiotic. If it doesn't work, they have to go to a next one. In that case, uh, the treatment fails one out of three times, and that leads to expenses in terms of losses of productivity as well as the cost of the treatment itself. If you knew which pathogen, whether it's bacteria or virus, was causing the disease, you could make the treatment a lot more accurate, and you could also decrease antibiotic resistance. So what we are doing is developing a paper-based platform which would change color within one hour and all you would need is a swab from the nose of the cow that you want to test, put it on our sensor, and within an hour, you would 
get a color change. With that color change, you can determine which antibiotic would be the most likely to be successful for that treatment. That reduces the cost, it reduces the use of antibiotics, and therefore increases animal health and reduces the spread of antibiotic resistance. So there are certainly a number of challenging issues with human health and animal health. Where do you see developments of diagnostic tools changing due to COVID-19? As COVID-19 has shown us, we have been very underprepared for new infectious diseases. I think because these technologies have now matured a little bit more, we will see applications of diagnostics becoming much more accessible. So directly related will be other infectious diseases that are caused by bacteria or viruses. We'll be able to develop diagnostic tools for them as well. From there, we will most likely advance towards other human diseases. Because these tools are based on nucleic acids, they can detect DNA and RNA. They can also detect uh, diseases that are linked to RNA and DNA in humans, and that will become more widely available. From that, then I see these diagnostic tools and biosensors expanding to other fields, so including animal health, plant health, as well as environmental health. What excites you the most about the potential for this platform going into the future? One of the most exciting things for us engineers and scientists is that people get to use our technology. So a lot of times we do research and things might get stuck in the lab, but with this technology, because we've made it simple, we've made it scalable, and we've made it easy to use, I think we'll actually get some products that people will be able to use. For example, whether it is for COVID-19 diagnostics or expanding a few years down the road for influenza or other infectious diseases. And because it solves a real problem and because it's easy to use and get a simple result that is viewable by the naked eye, I think people will be able to use it. And that's really the exciting part for me. Your passion for translating basic research into real-world applications certainly comes through in our conversation today. What can you tell us about how working with a company collaborator or with industry like Raytheon is different than a traditional research project? So typically in a research project, we are focused on cutting-edge technologies, and that is still valid even when you're working with a company. The main difference comes out in two aspects. One is the timing, and that's mainly because of the pandemic, something that would have taken us years to develop. We're doing it in a span of months. The second is the integration with other partners. So the core technology comes out of our lab in terms of how the test works and how you get a color change and so on. But to turn that technology into a real product, there are a lot of other moving parts. For example, to scale it up, to fabricate at the scale of hundreds of thousands to millions per week, we need to work with an external manufacturer. To get regulatory approvals, we need to work with FDA consultants who have the expertise to get those approvals. And Raytheon has been managing all these different parts so that we can actually turn this technology into a real product that people will be able to use. Your paper-based platform technology offers a lot of potential for the future. So if you were to look into the crystal ball and make a prediction about what life will be like in five years, 10 years, what would you predict? I think because this technology is scalable and it can be used by most common people, it doesn't require the handling of different reagents, it can be used, for example, even at home, it can be applied to a lot of different applications. Initially, we'll see the same kind of technology being 
used for influenza-like diseases. And in the next five years, I think we'll see a scale-up of diagnostics such that you can personalize the treatment a little bit better. Right now, uh, because these technologies have been limited to the lab-based results and you don't get the results back as quickly as you could, diagnostics have been limited. We're trying to break that barrier with our tools so that you can get results much quicker, you can make decisions much quicker. Also, you can get results on a much wider scale. You can collect a lot more samples than you can with the current lab-based tools. Because of those costs, I think it will penetrate a lot more markets. Starting with human health, just because COVID has given us a leg up there, and then moving on to other applications, including animal health, as well as agriculture, for example, plant health. You get a lot of plant pests as well, and the same tools can be applied there too. How is Purdue and ABE uniquely positioned to help you with your research and developing collaborations, not only internally, but externally? The colleges here take us to trips to meet with program officers that help us find more about opportunities and learn about collaborations. One such opportunity that I went to was uh, DARPA's Proposers Day, and that was towards the end of last year. That's where I met Raytheon and I started working with them. In addition, Purdue actually has a good system. If you want to work with external collaborators, they have offices that actually help you set up those collaborations in terms of what goes on with contracting, budgeting, and all of those. Those resources have been very helpful as well. Internally, um, within ABE, because we are in both colleges of agriculture and engineering, I get to collaborate with a lot of different faculty from a variety of backgrounds. For example, I have a similar project where we're looking at animal health diagnostics. And in that case, we're working with a lot of animal scientists, veterinarians, and clinicians to use a similar platform that can be applied to diagnose which pathogen is responsible for respiratory diseases in animals. So in addition to the numerous experts, faculty, and others at Purdue that you have the opportunity to collaborate with, there are also some outstanding facilities here at Purdue University, including the recently renovated ABE building into which you're moving your team very soon. What can you tell us about the unique opportunities and spaces for research and translation available at Purdue? I've been very fortunate to have access to these facilities right from the beginning from when I joined. And in the new facilities, it will make it a lot easier for me to consolidate my efforts and develop the biosensors for different application. In addition, locally, Purdue has a lot of field sites available for testing out these biosensors. For example, they have animal farms, they have normal plant farms, uh, so that we can actually go out and see how well these biosensors work in the field. And I think that is a really great opportunity here at Purdue. Um, that you don't get to have at other places. What advice would you have for potential undergraduate students who are considering Purdue University, our current undergraduate students, and graduate students who might be interested in working in your area of research? One of the re recommendations that I will make comes from my own personal experience, which is during my undergraduate, I had a few different internships where I got to try out um, different types of experiences and figure out what I enjoy the most. And I would recommend the same, which is if you want to work in biological engineering or in diagnostics, take an opportunity to see what it is like to work in that field, which means looking at what is it like to develop a new test, what is it like to develop new biosensors. 
if you get an opportunity to do that, you will learn many new things and you'll also see how some of your coursework is getting applied to these experiences. Once you get that experience, you'll be able to decide which aspects are the best for you, are the most exciting for you, and what you want to pursue in the future. Thank you, Professor Verma, for your time and discussing your important research. Be sure to listen to our other Purdue Engineering podcasts and see the show notes on the podcast website for additional information about the Agricultural and Biological Engineering program at Purdue University.